0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. There was a quote that once said, if you don't take good care of your credit, then your credit won't take good care of you. So why is your credit score and profile so important? Your credit profile determines whether you get loans and the rates you pay and the types of loans that you can get. Your credit determines a lot more than the loans you can get and the interest rates you pay. Insurers use credit to set premiums for your auto and homeowner's coverage. Landlords use them to decide who gets to rent their properties. Credit also determines whether you can get business lines of credit that can be literally in the millions of dollars and can be used for some of your real estate investing strategies. Since credit has become such an important part of our lives, it literally pays to keep track of your credit profile and understand how your actions affect it. So today we're going to learn about the differences between your credit score and credit profile, and there is a difference, and the importance of it all in every part of your personal and business life. Now, before we get to that episode interview, I just want to read a quick review that I found on iTunes. iTunes is where we get probably 80 to 90% of our traffic and so most of the reviews show up there, but we get great reviews every week and I truly appreciate it. it is inspiring and motivating for me personally. So six days ago, someone posted a review. It was titled amazing podcast and they go on to say, I have been listening to the podcast for about seven weeks already. It has really good content for new investors like myself. I sometimes listen to the episodes two or three times. It is just really good content and want to get as much content as possible. Marco provides knowledge, education, and confidence to the listeners. Thanks a lot to the whole Norada real estate team. Well, I really appreciate that review. It meant a lot to me as they all do. I do read them. So thanks in advance to everybody who plans to post a review and thanks to everybody who has posted a review. And last but not least here, if you have a question about real estate investing, I plan to cover most, if not all of them on the show in an Ask Marco episode. I try to reply to everybody in an email, but feel free to click the Ask Marco link at the top of the website at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com, and I will be happy to reply and do my best to cover those questions. And again, if you haven't already, please remember to subscribe. It only takes about three seconds. Click the subscribe button or link in your podcast player. And with that, let's get to our interview. No one anticipates litigation, just as no one anticipates a car accident. Both just happen as part of life. And that means that asset protection is very necessary, but it can also be very affordable. Corporate Direct has protected literally thousands of clients over 30 years. And Corporate Direct, I'm proud to say, is one of our new sponsors. Corporate Direct is owned by author and attorney Garrett Sutton, who has written the bestsellers Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. And one thing I'll add is that Wyoming LLCs offer excellent asset protection, offer great privacy and great value. Wyoming LLCs are excellent parents for your other asset-holding LLCs that you have in other states. And that's exactly how I have my asset protection plan set up. So it's critically important to have asset protection to protect yourself. Visit CorporateDirect.com for more information, or you can call them at 800-600-1760 for a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporation specialist. And if you mention this show, the Passive Real Estate Investing Show, receive $100 off every LLC or corporation you form. Again, visit direct.com for more information, or call Corporate Direct at 800-600-1760 and mention this show. It's my pleasure to welcome Merrill Chandler to the show. Merrill is the CEO and chief strategist at CreditSense. He has been an influential player in the credit restoration industry for over 21 years, and he has co-founded numerous successful credit restoration firms around the country, including Lexington Law. Unsatisfied with the results of his credit repair alone, Merrill used his extensive knowledge of credit reporting and credit profiling to invent and dominate the credit profile optimization marketplace. Since 1997, Merrill and his staff of advisors have assisted real estate investors, business owners, entrepreneurs, and savvy consumers nationwide to create fundable tier one and even 800 plus credit profiles. With that, Merrill, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Marco. Love to be here. Love being here.
0: Well, it's great having you here because I met you about two years ago. I heard you speak a couple of times You're a very engaging speaker. You really, really know your stuff about credit and credit profiles. And there's a difference between credit scoring and credit profiles, as we're going to learn today. But you became an expert in this whole area of credit profiling. Can you give us an overview of that journey, where you started and how you got here? Because that's very interesting.
1: Absolutely. Well, you kind of touched on it in the intro because I started or co-founded Lexington Law, which is the largest credit repair law firm in the country, right? But while I was there, I was exposed to literally tens of thousands of credit profiles, befores and afters. And being the puzzle guy that I am, right, the dot connector, I started noticing certain things when we would delete accounts or we had deleted negative items, the score would go up. But a five-year-old bankruptcy, the score would go up X. But a one-year-old bankruptcy would go up two or three X. And I started just doing the math with this process and started finding out what ended up being reverse engineering the FICO scoring algorithm, right? So much so that I went back to FICO, met with the CEO, uh, Will Lansing of FICO, who then introduced me to his score development teams. And then the rest is history, right? I mean, I've just had an inside track on what it means to be fundable, what a personal credit profile, what a business credit profile all need to look like in order to be fundable. That's pretty amazing because FICO
0: is very tight-lipped about what their algorithm is. and They don't really share any of that. It's like the Coca-Cola formula.
1: Yeah, they don't. Before I met with the score development teams, because I was allowed to ask 100 questions of them, and I already knew more than most individuals approaching them know about the algorithm. But I had to sign an NDA in order to for them to even answer any of my questions because they did not want it going I already knew what I knew, but they didn't want me promulgating it through the whole marketplace because they are very, very careful with their secret sauce.
0: So tell us why you're not a credit repair company. And the reason I asked that question is I didn't know the difference between a credit profile and a credit score. I thought they were one and the same, but they're not.
1: They are not. So credit repair is the simple process, which you can do on your own, write a letter to a credit bureau and hope something comes off, Right but you cannot repair your way to an 800 plus credit profile. You can't repair your way to a fundable profile. You can delete a few negative items, but FICO measures 40 characteristics of a profile. That means only eight have to do with derogatory accounts. That means there are 32 ways that you can raise your profile and your fundability without even touching a negative account. So it's not just about bad credit. One of the metaphors I use is, let's call it the NBA, right? Bad credit puts you on the bench. Good credit will get you on the floor, but you're not going to get the ball fundability, right? Credit lines, credit cards, business and personal credit. You're not going to get the ball unless you're a great player. So we need to not just get you off the bench if you have bad credit. We need to make you fundable. And there's a whole way to address your personal credit profile, even your business credit profile, so that Lenders look at you and go, yeah, I want to give him the ball. I want to give her everything she needs to borrow from me because I trust her as a borrower.
0: So you mentioned there's about 40 items that lenders look at, but only eight of those, I believe, are related to payment history. So does that mean that they're all important or only some of them are important?
1: Every one of them have equal status. In fact, we won't get into it, but out of those 40, there are 13 credit scorecards So you can fall into the bankruptcy category, the collection category. Five of those scorecards have to do with negative credit, eight have to do with positive credit. So you see the trend here, they measure more when it comes to the positive behaviors that you have. But if you don't have the right positive behaviors, I hear all the time, as long as my utilization or balances are less than 40%, I'm okay. No, you're in the risk department at 41%, right? At 40%, you're not in the risk department, but they're monitoring you. It's what's called a 24-month look-back period. And this look-back period guides all 40 of these characteristics, not just your payment history. Payment history just keeps you in the game, right? But these other 39 characteristics are when do you pay? What's your balance over the last? What kind of traffic patterns? What kind of amounts do you put on the credit card? they're looking at the relationship between the due date and the reporting date. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things that you can trip up and fall flat on your funding face if you don't know what you're doing.
0: Clearly, it's very complicated. And I've learned that it's actually more complicated than even I originally thought. Even just the credit reports themselves, there's, I think you mentioned 14 of them. And a car company, if you're out to buy or lease a car, will use one of them. A furniture company will look at a different one a mortgage lender
1: will look at i think it's called the 8b yeah fico has 85 different algorithms depending on the type of thing you're purchasing 85 and then there's all the fico scores as well fico scores fico scores basically are anything that doesn't have the fico logo on it in fact there are 80 million i'm sorry to tell you this guys there are 80 million users of credit karma And Credit Karma uses a FACO score. They use the Vantage score. There's not a lender out there that uses the Vantage score to approve you for a loan. And so, but there's 80,000 of them.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of people. And they advertise like crazy, getting people to join. And I guess their business model is just to sell advertising. So they want
1: lots of eyeballs. And selling credit cards that are, most of them are not beneficial to your personal credit profile. It's just gnarly. Wolf in sheep's clothing kind of gig. I'm telling you right now. So what
0: you're saying is a true FICO score comes only from FICO, no one else.
1: That is correct. That is correct. And you want to make sure that that FICO score, you know which FICO score you're working with. Because FICO scores also have auto scores, mortgage scores. They have leasing scores. There's collection scores. There's all kinds, all kinds of stuff that do not even come close to your credit cards or just paying on time or whatever, right? You you need to know not just what scores are out there, but what scores your lenders are using. And then to make things even more, apologize, guys, to make things even more complicated, there are versions. There's what's called 542. There's what's called FICO 8, FICO 9. These are versions of scores that different institutions use. So you don't know what bureau they're pulling you don't know what score algorithm they're using and you don't know what version of that software they're using. So no wonder you pull a credit report and go, oh yeah, I can go get a car. And you walk in there and it's 40 points, 60 points lower than what your Credit Karma score said. So it's clearly not
0: simple. It is complicated in terms of an algorithm, but it's not necessarily complicated in terms of building and helping rebuild or improve your credit profile, which is something we'll talk about here in a few minutes just in wrapping up the whole thing about credit scores and credit profiles, you had a great analogy about playing on the field or sitting on the bench. The analogy I was thinking is that credit repair and working on your credit score has more to do with damage control and plugging holes and maintaining what you have. Whereas building a better credit profile is really improving your overall picture and your fundability. It's not just about the score.
1: Fundability. Because do you realize that credit scores are like the third or fourth most important indicator for a lending decision there are two to three depending on the thing you're buying there are two to three more important the 24 month look back period which is how they evaluate the long-term use of other people's money right even on business funding they look majorly at how you treat other people's money all of that comes to fundability not credit score somebody walks up we've been at the same conferences People walk up to me and say, oh, why do I need you? I have an 800 plus credit score. And I go, so where's your million dollars in business lines of credit that should come <laughs> with that? And they're like, "Uh, well, that's why I'm talking to you. And I'm like, because you have a good score, it's artificially high, but it's not optimized. Your profile is not optimized to meet business lending guidelines. So all we need to do is optimize your personal profile. Business lenders will look at you like you're the golden boy. You're the golden child. You're the golden girl.
0: And so for people who just are listening to this and just heard what you said and it went over their head or you weren't paying attention, I think you hit, that was the million dollar ticket right there. That's the golden ticket in the Willy Wonka bar because you need to have a great credit profile and those other factors need to be in place. It's not about score alone. So if you have an 800 plus credit score, it doesn't mean that you're gonna get the best
1: deals or business lending loans, right? That is absolutely correct. That's the essence of it all. Fundability versus score. Okay. Got it.
0: So, Meryl, I'm guessing that a lot of people, knowingly or unknowingly, are doing things that lower their score today and probably damage their credit profiles. Can you share some of those more common, quote unquote, mistakes that people make today?
1: Absolutely. Probably the biggest one, and we have resources that you can actually check into this in a deeper dive. But most people, when I say the words, they'll recognize it, but they haven't thought of it before. Right? There is what's called a reporting date. The Date your account reports to the bureaus. So Chase, Citi, whomever, PNC Bank, they report on a certain day every month to the bureaus. That date is different than your due date. And sometimes they have no relationship. It could be five or 10 days before or after your due date. If you're carrying a balance, if you use that card to charge up and pay your bills and get the points and miles and all the rebates, If you have a balance when it's reported, you're getting what we call a chronic high balance warning on your underwriting because even if you pay it to zero every month, they're reporting this high balance every time it goes to the bureaus. And so you think you're being a great borrower and (laughs) you're getting docked. And remember, the number one most important factor that they measure for funding is the 24-month look-back period. That look back period is gonna measure that you've been carrying this balance, you know, 20, 20%, 50%. Some of you charge up 80% on your cards, but pay them off when it's due. But if you've got that 60 or 70 or 80% being reported on the reporting date, that's what FICO is measuring, and it's crushing the soul of your profile. That is the number one leakage, of, you know, the of credit of fundability points, not even credit score points. It's what the lenders are looking at, how you treat money. And that's what's being reported. Now that you've described
0: it, it sounds like such a simple thing that's not obvious in any way.
1: Nope. It is a very important secret that we talk about in our education programs, in our boot camps and everything. There are literally probably 70 of these, of this level of importance that people need to know. Just stop falling on your funding face, right? Stop tripping up. And stop hemorrhaging all of these lost fundability points, credit score points, because if you know the rules of the game, you can win the game. But if you don't know the rules, man, we're just bumping around in the night. Do you want to share one more common mistake that people make? Absolutely. So we broached on it, but one of the biggest mistakes is the difference between those FICO and FICO. I cannot emphasize it enough because most of your listeners out there are going to be subscribing to something else. Here's a freebie for you. If you want to monitor your credit, go to myfico.com and pick whichever thing you want to monitor. Myfico.com. I don't get paid for it. I'm telling you, if you're going to start taking an interest in your personal fundability and your credit profiles, you got to know the facts. You got to know the truth. You got to know exactly what a lender is looking at. Nothing else. I don't care if credit Karma is free. There's no relationship between what the lenders use and Credit Karma or any other credit monitoring that doesn't have FICO on it. That is one of the biggest blunders people make or the ignorance. We kind of inherited our parents and our generation's different beliefs about money. The second you see the truth, now you have the power to make a difference.
0: Yeah, before I met you a few years ago, I didn't know the difference between Credit Karma, MyFICO, the app, and MyFICO.com. There's a few others out there. There's different apps you can download on your iPhone that monitor your credit. Thing is, is I've subscribed to my FICO about two years ago when I first learned about it from you. And I will tell you that is a great app, a great service, and it is spot on accurate because not only does it give you your credit reports, but it actually tells you what your real scores are and what's affecting it and why it's moving
1: up and down. I mean, it's brilliant. You get weekly notices, right? Hey, there's a balance change. Oh, there's an inquiry. If it's not yours, go check it out. So all the credit monitoring, the credit protection stuff of any other services including this, but it's real Intel. It's actionable Intel. It's not bunk. So our audience is
0: predominantly real estate investors. I mean, we have business owners and all kinds of people who listen to this audience all around the country and all around the world, actually. But I'm thinking of this as a real estate investor right now and the importance of having good credit and having available capital to jump on deals if and when they come across my desk. So As real estate investors, we obviously want to have the highest scores possible and the best credit profile so we can get the lowest possible mortgage rates. So how much of a difference can your credit score make in terms of that interest rate on your mortgage? Is it a big difference, small difference? How does it scale?
1: Right now, so let's say 5.5% is a good interest rate, right? You can count on for every 20 to 30 point difference in your score being another between almost a half a percentage point on the rate you're going to get some depending on who you're using may go up three quarters of a point every 20 to 30 points because those are tiers every 20 points is a different tier set with FICO so 680 is different than 700 different than 720 different than 740 so every time you punch one through one of those tiers you're picking up somewhere between the very best a quarter most of the time it's about a half a point per tier so those half a points. If you're a buy and hold investor, where you're trying to accumulate the ten Fannie Freddies, the government allows for to have the best possible rates, you're sitting here looking at literally another three thousand dollars a year per property that is bleeding out. If you don't have three thousand dollars per set of three, because my example I'm using, I, I show a slide where there's three. So it's about a thousand dollars a year difference over the course of your mortgage is gonna end up being in the dozens of thousands of dollars per property. So
0: improving your credit score, and more specifically, your credit profile to get better rates pays for itself.
1: It's a no-brainer. And more importantly, for those of you who are using like hard money to take down loans and things like that, because you have great personal credit profile, you have a fundable business, imagine being able to write a check with a true credit business credit line, not a credit card, that ruins your personal credit. As many of you found out, you charge it up, your scores drop. You move all of that over onto the business side. You qualify for the very best business. I mean there's five to 7% right now out there in the market for business credit lines. When you have a spectacular profile, when you're fundable, imagine writing a check and doing a deal, not using hard money anymore. I had a client that came in with my valet service. He's in Washington state and he's like making 30 to $40,000 in a flip. And he said that 10 to 15 of that, it is going every single time to his hard money lender. It would pay for itself many times over with one, one deal. But he's now saying, if I can save every deal, I'm saving 10 grand and putting that money in my pocket because I can write a check with the credit line take the property down, and they get long-term financing, this is a no-brainer. So it's about the education, it's about becoming fundable and doing what you need to do to just stop failing at being fundable, right? I gave a couple of examples of how we just don't know the rules of the game and we need to, to to succeed. So if I asked you what some of the best practices or secrets
0: are to build a strong credit profile, would it be just doing the reverse of what you were talking about before as being mistakes?
1: (laughs) You Actually, there are some great things. First of all, I'm going to tell everybody, FICO looks for consistency and fastidiousness, right? So here's a freebie. Most people don't know this. Sometimes they make their payments, car payments, mortgage payments, or even credit cards early. That's fine as long as you pay something on the due date. But if you do not pay on the due date, what it's triggering, if you look on your consumer disclosures and your raw data files, you will see that there is a due date and the date paid. And if it's earlier than that, and if there's no payment made on the due date, you're not getting the FICO bonus points of fastidiously paying on the due date. Now we can say, hold on, I'm paying early. And I'm like, yes, you are. But you're also not being consistent with the way FICO is measuring it. Know the rule, play the game, master the game. So I don't care when else you pay, guys. Pay the due date. And you will get bonus points after three months' worth of funding, right? Both FICO and all underwriting software is looking for your relationship to the due date, every one of them. So this is one of those best practices, how to improve your profile, right? Another one that's really simple is that they're also looking for consistency, like how weighted in the community and how serious of a borrower you are, right? They're the biggest group that say, what have you done for me lately? (laughs) <laughs> they want a consistent record. Well, most people don't know that when you close an account, even a positive account, it falls off the credit report after 10 years. you got to keep fresh credit in there to be able to leverage it. But what people don't know is that you need the best credit profiles have at least one mortgage and at least one auto loan. I even get clients calling me up saying, Hey, Merrill, my score just dropped 20 points. And what happened? i said. Did you pay off your car or your mortgage? said, yeah, I just paid off my car. I'm getting a new one. I'm like, just know it's going to rebound. But you get 15 to 20 points just for having an auto loan. Having two auto loans that give you more, they want at least one auto and one mortgage that shows you that you are a consistent long-term borrower. Does that make sense? And there's literally dozens and dozens of these things that in our education we love just informing And we want a consumer to become a professional borrower. Stop being the consumer. Your consumer credit profiles are killing your chances at being fundable. We want you to be professional borrowers. So a lender looks at you and said, boom, I want to give you more money.
0: So I have a personal question now. You mentioned the car loan. Does that include a lease or is that literally a loan?
1: Nope. They show up just the same. You don't get, let's say you're leasing a $50,000 car. The amount that will show up on your credit report will be the lease amount, the $20,000 of the three years you're going to be keeping it, right? So it's a lower amount. You'll get a $20,000 loan lease on your auto trade line, but you won't get the $50,000. So buying a car gives you the $50,000 version, but it all counts. It all counts.
0: So it's still a benefit. The lease works just the same as a loan, just not as well as much.
1: Yeah, it does give you the points for the amount that you're Because whether we like it or not, the more we borrow, the more credibility we have with other future lenders who look at us saying, oh, yeah, we really like how this individual uses other people's money. That's what they're measuring. They call it performance data. I call it borrower behavior. But FICO calls it performance data. They're measuring how we treat other people's money.
0: Right. Got it. Okay. Well, I just learned a few things I'm doing wrong now. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. I prepay my credit cards before the due date because I put like big chunks on my credit card to pay it down or pay it off.
1: We all do. Just pay it on the due date. I mean, pay off anything you want, but make the payment on the due date. Oh, here's another freebie. Do not pay the minimum payment ever, ever, ever. Because what message do we send? Fundability now, not score. What message do we send to lender if all we can make is the minimum payment? But to keep the algorithm guessing, let's say your minimum payment's 50 bucks never pay 50. But if you're going to pay 55, also pay 56, 57, 52, 59, never give the algorithm something to latch onto, but never do the minimum, ever do the minimum.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Good to know.
1: We call these funding hacks, right? Legally, ethically, morally hacking the bank underwriting systems. And that's what the educate you need to come to the boot camp because just to recalibrate your entire awareness, it's amazing. Well, every time I hear
0: you talk about this, this is not like the first, second, or third time. I always learn something and walk away thinking, "Oh wow, there's so much more I could do better in you know improving my credit profile and score." So now I, I want to let everyone know that I'm a relatively new client of your company. And I'm working to improve my profile, obviously, and increase my score over 800 for various reasons. I want to start building lines of business credit. You know, I could use that towards investments, investment opportunities, and all that good stuff.
1: Write a check and do a
0: deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think when you're aware and you're looking, you see enough deal flow. And if you're working with the right people and have the right team, you will definitely get enough deal flow to be able to take advantage of. But if you don't have... The dry powder or the lines of credit available to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to miss them. They pass you by. So you have a program. In fact, you have a couple of things. You, you have a program that does exactly that. It builds credit profiles. You also do a monthly boot camp, which is a virtual online event. Share with us what your program is, how it works, because I'm part of that now. And I think it's great. It's incredibly detailed. And really who this is for, because it, it may not be
1: for everybody. Absolutely. Every month, we do a what we call a fundability boot camp. And what it is, is I can't teach. And like, you're a client, right? You're actually taking steps. But you have coaches who actually guide you on your particular fund optimization path. We call it an optimization path because think of a target. Everybody's approaching the bullseye from different arenas. Everybody has different circumstances. What I can do and what the boot camp is designed to do is to stop people from Falling on their funding face, right? The, stop the funding failure. Stop all of these things that I just talked the little bits and pieces. Imagine two full days of these tips, tricks, techniques and funding hacks for both your personal and your business. And remember, do not discount your personal guys because that's what business lenders use. FICO told me to my face that 80% of all business decisioning comes from your personal performance data, what we call borrower behaviors as recorded on your personal profile. They just use different algorithms and filters to look at that data. But if you're not optimized for your business lending, you're going to get big fat no's. So all of these things is we have a full day on personal, a full day on business. And imagine technique after technique, hack after hack after hack, we go through on Saturday on the personal, Sunday on the business. We usually do it, but if you follow the link that will be in the program notes, you're going to be able to see every month, just save the page every month. It'll update to what the next boot camp is going to be that month. We travel around the country, but it's available to anybody because it's simulcast wherever we are and you can watch it in the privacy of your own underwear, but it is amazing. If you follow his link in the program notes, Marcos, he'll show you that we have tons and tons and tons of testimonials of people who are blown away of all the things they've been doing wrong. Now, I can't teach you in that weekend what to do right to be fundable. That's what our coaching programs are for. But here, just go find out how to stop making the errors and the blunders that we're ignorant of because we don't know the rules of the game. And I don't hold it against anybody. I'm just saying, now you know. And the pricing is crazy valuable. It's $97 to attend once the weekend. It is $197 if you'd like an entire year's work with access to all of the boot camps for the entire year. And it's $497 if you want all of that and a strategy session with me. Normally, it costs, as you know, two grand to spend an hour with me in strategy sessions at a significant corporate and funding level. But that's what we offer anybody. When they follow those links, it'll take them straight there and they can choose whichever package. We even give a money back guarantee at the end of the first day. If you have not blown away, if you are not just like blown away, fire hosed, then you get your money back at the end of the first day.
0: Yeah, it's a great program. I took it all the way. I'm I'm knee deep into this now because I'm looking to build a very strong credit profile. I think a good way to wrap this up, Merrill, is you said at one point in time that a person doesn't match up to their credit profile, I think a good way to end this episode is just explain to people so they understand that what they have may not be what they could have because there's a mismatch between their credit profile. You know
1: what I mean? Absolutely. That's a great way to end this. Here's the thing. Show me a borrower with a million dollars and a 720 credit score, and I'll show you a borrower with, a million dollars, right? A a real estate investor. Show me a real estate investor with a fundable profile and a million dollars and I'll show you someone who can leverage that million dollars into two and three and even $5,000 in check writing credit line. You mean $5 million? Yes, because the leverage, your personal profile, your personal financial reputation is your greatest single asset in your financial life, guys. Your reputation. And what happens is, since we don't know what we're doing, we do not know how to manage it so that it matches underwriting guidelines. The term you're referring to, Marco, is people say all the time your personal credit is the key to your fundability. And if you do the right things, then lenders will look at you and say yes, because lenders only make money when they lend, but they want a sure thing. So what if you knew all the things you needed to do or stop doing, and then all the things you needed to do to be attractive to a lender, to know with surety and confidence, when you make an application, they're going to approve you. It's possible. You have total control over your profile, total. But we just didn't know. We're playing with the eight crayon color box, right? Instead of the 128 crayon color box, let's add (laughs) some colors. And make this thing rock because you can, you will, if you just get the education you need.
0: I agree. I agree. So yeah, good point. So think of your credit and your credit profile as your financeable reputation. Yep. It is your financial reputation. Great. Perfect. Good. So we're going to transcribe this entire episode. It'll all be written out word for word on our site. In the show notes and on the site, we'll put a couple of links, one to your bootcamp. And there's another one. I forgot what it's for.
1: We actually have a free web class. Just follow that link and That's you it. go to the web class. It's an hour-like instruction, but it's all about the bootcamp. That's what we're telling you about how to register for the bootcamp.
0: Beautiful. Very good. Cool. Meryl, I want to thank you for your time. This has been great information. I know there's so much more you could talk about. This is very in-depth information, but it's great.
1: Yeah. We'll do it again. Hey, tell your listeners, guys, just get empowered. Marco's an amazing podcast here. Just all of his guests are going to bring this level of awareness and insight and make it you guys better investors, business owners, et cetera.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you again, Meryl. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And remember, if you haven't downloaded the free report, the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing, go download that guide on our website, noradarealestate.com or passiverealestateinvesting.com. And that's it. Help us spread the word. Visit us on iTunes, leave us a rating and review, and we will see you again next week.
1: Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom?